0: Well, good morning to each and every one of you. For those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Alan. I'm the executive pastor here at River City Church, and I have the uh, privilege to uh, lead us in our teaching today. So before we go any further, uh, let's have a word of prayer and commit our time to God, and that he would speak to us clearly as only he can with his grace, with his mercy, and his truth. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we've had as a family, To worship you, to delight in you passionately, to come around a table remembering your death, your victory on the cross, your resurrection, and thank you that we live in that resurrection power. And Father, we pray that as we come to your word this morning that you would speak to us. Father, you know where each and every one of us are at today, in this moment, in this time and space. And Father, we yearn, we hunger We need your word, your living bread. We thank you that your word is alive, and we pray that it would give life to us wherever we are at this morning. Father, we thank you that you are the king. We thank you that you are our Lord, that you are our lover, and we pray that this morning that you would teach us, that you would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the most profound, glorious, unfathomable, liberating, life-giving statements that I have ever heard, that I have ever read, is this statement. God is love. If you were to sum up the entire scriptures, if you were to in- sum up the entire Christian message, it would simply be this, that God is love. Let's say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. God is Is love. It's a beautiful phrase. It's a powerful phrase. And what this phrase communicates is that God, at His core, that the ultimate foundation of reality is a relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the blessed Trinity. That God, at the core of His being, is a loving, intimate, Relationship. For the past couple of weeks, we've done a brief series on spiritualutions, and Antley has done a fantastic job over the past couple of weeks of helping us understand what it means to be image bearers, that we have been made in the image of God, and we are to walk in that image. But what we'd like to introduce today and highlight today is this, that for us as Christ followers, that In order for us to fully walk out the image of God, to fully experience the image of God, we have to do that in relationships. I as an individual, you as an individual, cannot fully experience and express the image of God. Because God is relationship, God is community, and we have been created from relationships for relationships. And we need to have a better understanding of what that is and how we can live that out practically as Christ followers. One of the words that was used back in the early days, the early church fathers uh, used a word to try to capture this relationality of God as Father, Son, and Spirit, as one but being three. And for you uh, Greek geeks, you can have a look at it, it's on the screen. And this word simply means this. It's a dance of mutual penetration and co-dwelling. That was the word that the early church fathers used to capture what the Trinity was all about. A dance of intimacy. A dance of co-dwelling. It's a beautiful picture. Well-known Christian author Tim Keller, building on that word expands... What the Trinity is all about. He says each of the divine persons centers upon the others. None demands that the others revolve around him. Each voluntarily circles the other two, pouring love, delight, and adoration into them. Each person of the Trinity loves, adores, defers to, and rejoices in the others that creates a dynamic, pulsating dance of joy and love. God is truly the Lord of the dance, and God invites us into that dance with Him, and He invites us to dance with each other in intimate relationships because that is what we have been created for. Listen to the words of Jesus as He he prays, earnestly prays and, and yearns and cries out to His Father, praying for each and every one of us in John 17. Hear these words and allow the Lord to speak to us. And as we read these words in other scriptures, that God would truly awaken us to His love. That we would be captured by His love. That we'd be compelled by His love. That we'd even be startled in a good way by His love. Hear these words. I do not ask for these only... But also for those who believe in me through their word. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you and me. That they may be perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So here we have this picture that for us is perhaps Hard to fully grasp. There's a mystery to it. There's, there's something that's beyond us, that here we have this intimacy of the Father being in the Son, as well as the Spirit being in the Father and the Spirit, and there's this mutual indwelling, there's this intimate dance of relationship of perfect uniqueness, Father, Son, and Spirit, and perfect unity of them coming together, so much so that their relationships are described not as three, but as one, and we have been invited into that relationship, and also not only have we have been invited into that relationship with them, but we are also to experience that kind of relationship with each other. What I'd like to do in our time together is to do simply two things. Is to talk a little bit more about the nature of relationships, kind of the what, the why, the who of relationships, and then I want us to get very practical and concrete on the how of relationships. Today as we want to every Sunday, is to emphasize that we as a church are a family. It's about doing life together, not doing life apart. And we want to kind of highlight that, celebrate that, and enjoy that by having a barbecue after church. You're all invited, and we just want to hang together and have a great time. And we also want to give you some other concrete examples of how you can connect, kind of a roadmap to relationships, so to speak. So let's begin about the nature of relationships and then moving ...on giving you some kind of directives and a roadmap for relationships. Going back to 1995-96, my wife and I were involved in a church plant. And I was one of the teaching pastors and I was preparing to teach for that coming Sunday. And so as I'm preparing for that teaching, God's putting on my heart this this kind of calling, this directive. Alan, I want you to be very vulnerable with your church family this Sunday... I want you to share specifically the the struggles and the anxieties and the fears that you're wrestling through. Now as a pastor back then, and even still to this day, I like to keep my cards close to my chest because it's a risk to open your heart. It's a risk to open yourself to others because you are being vulnerable. And by being vulnerable, it simply means that I don't know what can happen. I can be hurt or I can be loved, I can be encouraged, I can be abused whatever. And I know that many of you know that and have experienced that. So I said, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And so teaching comes, I'm teaching the message, and then I come to that point in the message where I begin to be very specific about the fears and the anxieties and the struggles that I'm going through as a human being and as a pastor. And then all of a sudden, it got really quiet. And, and just before the crickets started cricketing, this church leader in, in, in the middle of our audience looks straight at me and says these words so that everybody can hear, that I can hear, and that everybody else can hear. They say these words, or she said these words Alan, thank you for giving us the opportunity to love you more. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to love you more. Wouldn't that be the greatest thing that as we open ourselves one to another, as we are real with one another, that others can look at us and say, thank you for the gift that you have given us to love you more. That's what we want to be about here at River City Church. It's about relationships where we can be real with each other and allow the intimate love that the Father experiences as Father and Son and Spirit that we get to experience and for me, that was a beachhead moment in my journey and in my life of rediscovering the importance of relationships. You see, truth for me back then was kind of a rational reality. You know, it came from a broken home, performance-driven, you know, the academics, the bachelor, the master's, the doctorate degree. It's about all the bells and whistles and, and proving to the world and demonstrating to the world that you had it together. And that for me, truth was very much an intellectual pursuit, a rational pursuit. But God began to take a hold of me in those days and continues that truth is not a rational enterprise. That truth is a relational enterprise. So that when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the triad of those words are about relationships. It's about the way. It's about the life. It's about the truth. And truth is a relational word. One of the most profound scriptures that I've ever read is that in 1 Timothy 3.15, it says what, that the church is what? The pillar of truth. Not that truth is the pillar of the church. Church is the pillar of truth. How can the church be the pillar of truth? We think it'd be the other way around. The truth is the pillar upon we live. But I think what Paul is saying there is precisely that, that in our relationships... That as we relate to one another in loving intimacy and realness and forgiveness, that that becomes the pillar, the relational reality that truth exists and it's embodied in our relationships one to another. And so it was a journey for me to go from truth being kind of a rational enterprise, the truth being a relational enterprise. And even the word truth that Jesus uses when he says, I am the way, the truth, and life, that the word truth is a beautiful word in the Greek. It's aletheia. It's a beautiful, beautiful name, a beautiful word. And that word is a word that was used to capture a bride and a groom coming together on their wedding night and experiencing all the intimacy that they were going to experience. Aletheia. And that's what Jesus is saying. I am the aletheia. I am the truth. And what God is calling us is to experience that kind of truth with each other. So that ultimately, why? So the world will know that there is a God that is loving. Because here we have a people that embody that love. What I'd like to do is just to share a few brief kind of proverbial statements that God has impressed on my heart. Uh, Some of them I just kind of popped into my head. Maybe it was from God. Some of it was from reading uh, some other Christian authors. And I'd like like to walk through a few of these and just share a little bit about them, which is part of my journey, which I think will help us, and my prayer is, catalyze us to be more intentional in moving towards people and not away from people. Now, some of us are, you know, introverts, and we see a person a mile away walking towards us, we get exhausted. Now, some of us are introverted, and we just love hanging out with people. I mean, people is our new drug of choice. We get high on being with people. So I get it that we're at different places in our wiring, but ultimately we've all been created for relationships. Well, this is the first statement, the first statement, and it's this, that isolation leads to insulation. Isolation leads to insulation. That as we isolate ourselves from others, for whatever reason, maybe out of fear, maybe out of hurt, or just we're just extremely tired hanging around with people that as we isolate ourselves we insulate ourselves from the love of God that God wants to demonstrate and reveal through others isolation insulates us there's no way around it some days I wish there were some days I wish there were because sometimes my prayer is God just put me in a nice beautiful log cabin Gloria and I in the San Juan Islands in the Pacific Northwest and I would be happy I would be happy Let me live my spiritual life that way, but that's not how God did it, and that's not the way we truly experience God's love. Another statement that came my way, and it was influenced by Eugene Peterson, and he writes this, that a private faith, a private faith is a pirating faith. A private faith is a pirating faith. We all have a personal relationship with God. There's no question about that, that He wants us to have a personal relationship with Him. But He does not want us to have a private relationship with Him. Because if we keep it private, what we end up doing is we become pirates of the faith. That is, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to be loved by others. We rob others of their opportunity to love us. And we rob God of the opportunity to love us through other people. There's a personal faith, but it's really a relational faith. A life-giving faith where we do it together in community. Another statement. And uh, I'm influenced here by Henry Nowen in his book, Reaching Out. These are movements towards people. And he talks about relationships as a number of movements. And these are the two movements that I'd like to highlight. That in relationships, our journey is one from hostility to hospitality. And that the journey from hostility to hospitality is one of relationships, that hospitality is not so much about opening up our homes to others, that is, it's about opening up our hearts to others and welcoming them in so that God can do His hospital work in our lives by restoring us, healing us, building us up, encouraging us. Now, when I think of hostility to, to hospitality, you know, I think of it's a movement from bombing one another kind of emotionally to bonding with one another. And most of us, because of jealousy, because of anger, because of rage, because of hurt, because of abuse, what we end up doing is we send off signals to people that we are kind of emotionally bombing them. We're saying, get out of my space, leave me alone, I'm going to shut you down, I'm going to communicate hurtful words towards you. That's bombing people. But we've been created to bond with people. So what does it mean to bond with people? Well, We could spend the whole month talking about that, but I think a part of it is that are we willing, because we have the Father who is love, who we've been created in that image, and then as we walk in that image, we begin to experience the love that He wants for us. It's kind of like Love is the end, but love is the means. Relationship is the ends. Relationship is the means. And you can't get away from that. But hospitality, it's about opening our hearts. It's a corny statement, I know, but I think it gets to the truth. That a heart is like a parachute. The only way a parachute works is by becoming open. A heart needs to become open so that it can receive from others and allow it to give to others, and experience that bonding of love that only God can supernaturally make happen because we've been created in that image. The other one is loneliness to holiness, another movement that Henry Nouwen talks about. And when we think of holiness, you know, we're called to be holy. We are. But I think we have a distorted understanding of what holiness is because what we do is we kind of individualize it. We take it out of the context of relationships. And so holiness becomes about some kind of Victorian holy moral code that, you know, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to dance, and I'm not going to listen to Dolly Parton. It's those kind of dynamics that we, we, we experience. But holiness is not so much about moral behavior. God wants us to be moral. He wants us to be loving and pure. But holiness is about being set apart in the context of relationships. That is where we find holiness. And America has been described as crowded loneliness. That each and every one of us, we all have a journey as it relates to relationships. I mean, some of us, you know, we're at the place, I am so sick and tired of initiating relationships. I've been doing that year after year after year. I wish someone would just initiate and come towards me once and for all. Some of you may be saying, we got small groups, we got city groups. The last time I was in a city group, it nearly destroyed my, my life. It nearly destroyed me because of the bad experiences. Now, because of the bad experiences and because of whatever we're going through in in our lives individually as it relates to relationships, we can't bypass relationships. It's in the place of relationships that we find that healing, that we become holy, that we become ultimately pure. Finally, and so much more could be said, but I've got to kind of trim it down just a little bit. Is that, you know, our mission as a church, and we've been through a process of kind of capturing uniquely what we're about as a church and giving language to that. And we've come to the place after a five-month, six-month journey that our mission as a church is awakening people, awakening people, that is joining God in His mission of awakening people to the transforming presence and power of God's love. It's all about His presence. It's all about His power, but it's about His love to transform us and to change us. I love how St. John of the Cross puts it. He says that the mission of the church is this, is to bring love where love is not. It's pretty simple, but it's pretty clear. Where love is not. To bring love where love is not. But we can't bring love where love is not if we're not experiencing love with one another. And so we need to experience love, and we need to experience that intimacy and vulnerability with one another so that the world can see it and taste it and experience it and they themselves be awakened. A couple of quotes, and then I want to get really practical, and then just want to give some space and some time uh, for some ministry, and then afterwards we can all make our way like a herd of cattle to uh, the barbecue and just enjoy each other's company. Uh, One of the most kind of life-stopping, heart-stopping, holy moments uh, in, in the form of a quote outside of Scripture comes from a fellow by the name of Mike Mason and a fellow Canadian up in uh, Abbotsford British Columbia and, and in his book uh, that he wrote uh, quite some time ago that I completely forget the title It was a great book but here's the quote and I got it on the screen for you and this is the key thing that god is love and in coming to him we cannot escape coming through people let me say that again god is love and in coming to him we cannot escape coming through people There's no separation between the spiritual and the social. The way we feel about people is the way we feel about God. And the way we treat people is the way we treat God. God is love. In coming to Him, we cannot escape coming through people. There is no separation between the spiritual and the social. The way we feel about people is the way we feel about God. The way we treat people is the way we treat God. You want some scripture to back that up? 1 John 4, 7 to 12, here it is. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we have loved, but that God has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, and listen to this, if we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us there is a sense that our relationship with god personally can only go so far and if we want to be awakened and experience the love of god all the more we need to move towards imperfect people because god takes our imperfections and through that process perfects us only god can do that it's kind of like a middle school math equation you take two minuses what does that make It makes a plus. I got minuses in my life. You got minuses in your life. As we move towards each other, knowing that we are pure in Christ, that we've been set free in Christ, that that is who we are, that that's our identity. The negatives don't make our identity, but they're still in our lives, and we need to be restored and healed and recover from those things so that as we move to each other, boom, God takes those two negatives or three negatives and three negatives over here and bam, turns it into a plus and transforms us. And his love is made more complete is more perfected in us in the context of relationships. So all of that to say is that we've been created for relationships, we've been hurt by relationships, but there are places and spaces where we are most transformed in relationships. And I know that as I have been real and vulnerable with friends and close colleagues over the years, it is in those places that God has allowed me to experience greater freedom, because I've taken those intentional steps of relationality towards one another. And so here we are. What are we going to do about this? Again, a room full of places. places, I don't know why police came out. Uh, Not sure about that. Any police officers around here needing to hear this? Uh, If so, it's for you. Uh, That we are in a place where we all are at different places and experiences relationally. But here at RCC, we want to be about relationships. We want to champion relationships. And we're going, to, we're going to go to the mountain, we're going to go to the map, and we're going to die for relationships. And so what does that mean? And what I'd like to do, and I don't have time to, to cover this. We're, we're out of time. But there is, uh, if you could just put this chart up, and if you really like it and you get stoked by charts and frameworks, just let me know or Kevin know. And we'll email it to you, and we can have coffee and talk about this. But the big idea is that, and you can leave it up, is that uh, we have been made for different kinds of relationships. And real quickly, public relationships, think of a football game. Social relationships, think of a you know, neighborhood party, social gathering. Uh, and then we've been made for personal relationships. And we've made for transparent relationships. We've been made for divine relationships. And for me, that's been a helpful framework to understand how we can organize as best as we can because relationships are very organic, but yet we want to provide pathways. And so here at RCC, we want to be very intentional about creating relational spaces, entry points, walkways, uh, on-ramps that you can move towards relationships in the space and in the capacity that you want to. If you just want to hang in a public space and enjoy worship for the next six months and that's all you've got and that's all you can handle, that's okay. Just hang with us here in that kind of public space. Hear what God is saying to you through the teaching, through worship, and just hang there. Now, if you want to move in greater intimacy, you know, we have social spaces where we have opportunities and we have some of those dynamics here at RCC. We have our SOB group, our slightly older bunch, kind of a social gathering that meets every couple of months and they just an opportunity for you to connect with people. We have our 2030-something group, another opportunity to connect with people in a social capacity. You're not going to basically, you know, reveal your mail or, you know, disrobe yourself emotionally in the first meeting, but hey, it's maybe a step towards greater intimacy, social space. And then personal space. It's that time where you're beginning to do life together more meaningfully, and here we have small groups, and we have city groups, and we have uh, people that come together to do life together, And, and that's important. And Just as we're here, I want us to hear a story, a brief story about a couple in our church that were part of a small group, part of a city group, and then felt compelled and called to start another city group and help others do life together. So have a look at the video screens for this two-minute video clip testimony.
1: How basically um, the boys' city group started was we just really felt a need to get plugged into RCC and just a deeper level where we can meet with people and just um, get connected and find a place where we can find rest and so we got um, connected into a city group which was awesome it was so good and such like an overflow outpour.
2: It was like right when we got married right after um, and we had to be very intentional about community so like we were seeking mentors um, but we still missed that whole connection of people our age, and so we were like, you know what, we're going to pray for it, and ended up going to a city group and um, absolutely fell in love with it, and it was awesome because we get so much, uh, I guess, mentorship poured into us, and so much wisdom, and we felt, like you just said, it was just time to start a group.
1: And so we were just trying to figure out, okay, what's the boys' city group going to look like, and especially Mm. for our age, and what um, people go through. And we
2: just want to be led by the mm-hmm. Spirit, so we, we start with worship, we we dig into the Scripture, we, you know, yeah. we'll pray.
1: And we want to push people to um, experience their gifts more. So we definitely push people to sing in the Spirit and to prophesy and to pray for people through healing. And it's an easy space, it's a free space for people to come and, and find rest and peace in. And I just feel like from that, we've just like grown this huge community of just, all these like people, new people at RCC yeah. getting connected, and then we'll go out to the movies together, or we'll post on the Facebook page, yeah. like, hey, let's do something else, yeah, 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 it's so good.
2: I believe this community is the most crucial part. You're not gonna grow without community, and I think it's hard to grow maybe like in a bigger setting.
1: You just come to this place where your hands are open, and you're just ready to receive, and that's just how we have the mindset in walking into our city group and how we started our city group, it's like, Hey Lord, this is what we have. Like we just have an apartment, we have a fridge full of food, and we're just gonna have our doors open with our hands open to receive whatever You have for us. You know, whatever that looks like, we want to be like have freedom in that.
0: That's the voices, and they uh, are leading uh, a twenty, thirty-something uh, life group, city group, small group. Uh, over on the Riverside area, if you're interested, connect with them. They're also part of the larger kind of social group, which is a 20, 30-something. I want to be sure that everyone, uh, as you leave, and some of you, probably most of you, got a copy of this as you made your way in. It's our church life brochure. And again, it's just specific ways and areas and places that you can get connected. Some of them are ministry opportunities. And for you, that's a a way to get connected, be a part of a team, part of a cause. And that's how you start relationships and build relationships. For some of you, it's being part of a group. For some of you, it's being part of joining children's ministry team or uh, joining a men's group or a men's social event or a men's kayaking trip. So we try to create as much as we can those spaces, those opportunities, those venues, those spaces where you can move towards relationships and begin to cultivate ultimately intimate relationships. We know that can't happen overnight, and we know that that takes time, uh, but we want to encourage that. So I strongly encourage you to have a look at this Church Life brochure and specific ways to get connected, to get involved, and ultimately build life-transforming relationships. If you're brand new uh, or fairly new to RCC, it's this new here, and I want to encourage you to have a look at this brochure. It gives you some specifics and, and ways that you can uh, get connected. As you make your way out uh, towards uh, the, the the barbecue, uh, there will be tables. Uh, there will be tables. Men's and ministry. Men and women's ministry table, there will be a city group table, there will be kind of a, a, an SOB, slightly older bunch, 20, 30 something group uh, table, and then also a table for the life course. And so those tables will be available, they'll be staffed by people to give you information about these ways you can get connected and involved. Uh, we just want you to enjoy your time out there, uh, have some food, uh, get connected, enjoy the bouncy houses. But what we'd like to do uh, as we wrap things up is just to create some space. Uh, just to allow God to continue to minister to us and, and to minister specifically to you where you're at in your journey. So if we could all stand, I'd like to uh, have a word of prayer, and then Antley's going to come and, and lead us in a brief ministry time and kind of wrap things for us, wrap things up for us as we head our way into the parking lot uh, in a bit. Father God, we thank you so much uh, just for this time uh, that you uh, have created for us to hear from you through your word. And we pray, Lord, that whatever needs to stick into our hearts and into our souls, that it would by the power of your Spirit. And that everything else would just be wiped away, washed away, moved away. Father, our desire is to be a loving people. And we can only do that by being intimately connected to you, Father. So if we need to deepen our relationship with you in some way, in some shape or form, reveal that to us. If it's about deepening our relationship with others, Whatever that looks like, whatever we need to be set free from, whatever we need to be encouraged to move towards more greatly and intentionally as it relates to relationships. Mending broken relationships, being more assertive and courageous and bold and reaching out to people. Father, make it so. We just pray, have your way fully and completely because ultimately it's by our love that they will know that you have been sent by your Father, Lord Jesus. And that is what we want Jacksonville to know. Most passionately and most powerfully, and all around the world with all of the believers. In Jesus' name, Amen.